leave it to the Winnipeg Jets to give us quite a weekend of what I thought was just going to be hockey and some fun prospect talk. But instead, Winnipeg drops a bombshell on us. We're not going to have a captain next year. And you know what that means. I'm going to talk about why this change might have been necessary and why it might not be going far enough as Winnipeg heads into a very uncertain and quite honestly chaotic upcoming season. All on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. Or Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, Locked On Winnipeg Jets listeners. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Locked On Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Now, on tonight's episode, uh, <laughs> like I said, I was expecting to talk about the prospect tournament, which ironically, I didn't really have as much time as I was hoping to watch um, most of the games. I've only caught like parts of the first game and heard some stuff about the second game, which quite honestly, it sounds like I didn't miss a ton. So uh, the big news, of course, the one that everyone's been talking about uh, it's got the hockey media abuzz. It's got all of Winnipeg up in arms. Blake Wheeler is no longer the Jets captain. And I think a lot of people thought this might be an, like a possibility in the sense that he was getting traded. But of course, uh, Wheeler is still on the roster in part because it seems like the Jets don't want to retain salary, right? So um, on like an A-plus million dollar contract, I don't exactly see who wants that deal right now, but you know, unless unless you save at least a little bit or, or, or retain some of that cash, I just can't see a, a team really being interested. And I know people will say, well, he's a point per game player. And it's like, yes, on the face of it, that is kind of what Wheeler is. But let's be honest, if you look at the way that he scores and how those points are generated, you kind of know that it's not him as much these days uh, driving that level of success. So I think a lot of teams see that cap hit. Uh, a lot of teams are trying to lock down their younger players in anticipation of what's coming in the next few years, and teams just don't really want to take on a lot of salary. So, you know, here Wheeler is, and things were kind of in an odd state last week, right? Uh, I think Chipman sent out a letter, and it was asking people to invest in the Jets. Now, that's kind of funny because, you know, it feels like, again, the team is kind of missing the messaging for me in terms of what it should be saying to the fans uh, versus what fans are kind of getting out of it. And I feel like the Jets right now, they're not really giving enough to fans to uh, really warrant what they would call an investment. In my mind, I think the Jets have to be really proactive, really aggressive, and actually prove to people that they deserve uh, the team's support, right? Like, I get it. You know, people are worried about the Jets leaving, relocating, and I don't really think that that's going to be an issue this time. Um, what I do, you know, kind of worry about with this team is that there's been a lack of vision. And, you know, this letter that came out last week, I wasn't really 
I wouldn't say I was moved by it, especially with the really quiet off season that we've had over the past few weeks, right? So things are not looking great. And then, you know, <laughs> what better way to cause complete chaos in the news cycle than dropping uh, the bombshell that the Jets aren't going to have a captain next year? Uh, Bone has basically said that he's looking to have a group of like alternate captains of which they'll select some at some point. And uh, Wheeler has been told he's not going to be the captain, which is interesting. It's a big shakeup. Now, I think some people have said, well, maybe that's just, you know, Bonus wanting a fresh slate and all that, right? And I get it. But I think Bones definitely came in with the understanding of where the problems were in the locker room. And honestly, uh, as much as we all love Blake during his prime years, and he was a good representative and ambassador for the team, you know, the recent uh, past couple of seasons, uh, with all the rumors leaking out about how toxic the locker room was and the fact that there was a divide between um, a lot of the older players and some of the younger ones, it kind of pointed to the fact that a change in leadership was probably required. So am I surprised by any of this? No. Um, what I will say is interesting is that Bones, uh, he didn't really have a captain in mind in the future, which um, is very intriguing. He said all he knew was that, you know, Wheeler for him wasn't the guy to, to be wearing the seas. So yeah, uh, <laughs> the media reacted in a bit of a mixed light. Some people were saying, well, it's not an indictment of Wheeler. And I'm thinking, um, I kind of think it is. And it's not so much that, uh, you know, Blake is some kind of a bad person. I think it's very far from it. But what I would say is he has kind of hit the point where he's no longer uh, contributing to the room in the way that you would want your captain to really unify the factions and bring everyone under the same purpose together. And, you know, the on-ice contributions, they have kind of been in a steady decline. And so I think this is probably... Uh, a, a bit of a painful way to do it, but maybe a necessary change to get the pressure off of Wheeler to get him into a role that more suits where he's at at this stage of his career and starts letting some of the kids really work towards um, earning leadership roles. Because I think in the near term and in the future, this team's going to be gearing up for a rebuild. Uh, I know it's not a word that anyone wants to hear. And I know a lot of people are like, well, we spent years rebuilding and yes, we did. But the problem is, is the last four to five years that the Jets should have been a competitive team, they kind of pissed it away. If we're being truthful, they really did not make the most of it. So uh, that was the window. And we've said it for years, you know, the Jets uh, made a lot of decisions and mismanaged what should have been a great competitive period in exchange for very half measures, not really giving it 100%. And now we find ourselves, well, kind of staring at the end of a barrel of uh, just a couple of seasons now where this team is under contract. And, you know, after that, what even happens with the Jets? Who knows? Um, I can't say that I have particularly great feelings, but all I can say is uh, if you're hoping for change and if you're looking for some kind of a directional push, well, this is kind of getting there, but still a long ways to go. We'll talk about why I feel like the Wheeler move uh, may not be going far enough for what the Jets need ultimately, especially um, as we're heading into the start of the new season. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our great friends and partners at BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your uh, pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. They've got all the latest league developments, news updates, podcasts, live scores, and looks at all of your favorite teams and games, including some of the opening weeks up until what it's we're heading into like week three now um, of the NFL season. And as a Ravens fan, yeah, it's uh 
it's not been going great, right? All right. So uh, a lot of you, if you had any money on um, the Miami Dolphins, well, congratulations, you won big. If you're a Ravens supporter and you backed us, I am sorry for your loss. But, you know, like any great online betting site, BetOnline wants to be so much more. They've got tons and tons of sports covered for you, including uh, basketball, baseball, Formula One, hockey. They've got one of the most complete uh, online databases of sports from around the world, and they've got tons and tons of updates, tons of podcasts, tons of news. So you'll always stay in the loop on your favorite sports and make the most informed bets possible. They make betting super easy and, you know, they cover everything, including even stuff that doesn't involve sports. If you're into like Vegas casino games, they've got you covered there, too. They want to be something for everyone. And they've also got, you know, all the latest sporting wagering information live betting, esports scores, and so much more. So getting started really couldn't be easier. Just go to betonline.net on your laptop or mobile device to register for your free account right now because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. As we said earlier, we are kind of returning to the topic of uh, the Jets' captaincy change, which... Would I even call it a captaincy change? I guess, uh, in the sense that we no longer have captains. We're getting rid of that. Alternate captains, though, it does sound like they're going to do some kind of a commission. Now, I think this change was kind of inevitable, maybe, uh, necessary, most most assuredly. But, you know, I don't know if I would say I was expecting it, um, especially with, with kind of how things were going. Uh, the only thing that I thought might happen was maybe a, a Jets trade of Wheeler, but Obviously, that didn't materialize. And so uh, the captaincy being stripped was a very surprising move, and apparently Wheeler wasn't happy about it. Uh, His comments and responses to the interview questions were a little bit evasive on the line, you know, along the lines of, uh, I've had days to process it, um, still working through it. So, yeah, it, it doesn't sound like it was particularly mutual from what I understand. But, you know, Despite all of this, Wheeler is still on the team, and so it kind of asks an interesting question. What actually is going to change now that Wheeler is not technically the captain? Uh, And for me, I think if we really want to see things start to take the next step for this team and get the Jets into a better point, I think you have to give the right players who lead on the ice that extra bit of time. Uh, Ehlers, for me, has been one of the most criminally underrated and underused players in not only the Jets, uh, roster, but in the entire league. This guy is a monster creator. He's been maybe one of our best players outside of Hellebuck for many years. And when he's healthy and creating, there are very few players on this team who have the ability to provide that offensive spark, that creativity, that vision, um, and kind of that that on-ice leadership through leading by example than Ehlers. He's always accountable. He even calls out his own mistakes during press conferences. He says he's angry about mistakes that he makes uh, which I think is good. Now, do I want him to wear the C? No, I don't think that that you know is exactly what you're asking of him. But I think with what you want to see out of him, you just got to give him more ice time, make him a prominent player on the ice, make him like a first liner. And I think that that is something you know Bones could really bring to this team, elevating the right guys based on you know skill contributions and their their ability to create on the ice for this team because. You know, Wheeler traditionally was anchoring that first line right wing spot, but let's be honest, Blake is not really a first liner anymore. Uh, the the role that re- really would suit him is probably more on the third. 
And if you kind of start rejiggering the lines and moving some players around, I think you're going to come up with a lineup that's going to be a lot more balanced. Uh, and it's kind of what I've been asking for for many years. Now, in terms of like what it might mean for the kids, I'm interested to see how, you know, Bones wants players to lead by example on the ice. You know, will he elevate players like Heinola, Sandberg, Perfetti? Perfetti, I expect to get a lot of minutes because I think Cole has um, among the most offensive potential of any of the prospects right now, uh, especially at their current states of progress in their development. So, you know, with the Jets being offensively challenged over the past couple of years, it seems clear to me that Cole will be given a chance to shine. And I think long term, he is viewed as I don't know if he's viewed as like a captain, but certainly as one of the core members of the future leadership group, I imagine Perfetti will um, be considered part of that. You hear the way that he, the way that he talks, the way that he analyzes his performances, how he talks about the game, how he talks about the Jets. And for me, there's just a lot of future leadership potential there. In the present, though, you know, who would I expect to step up? Um, Ehlers, I'm, I'm sure, will step up. Uh, Morrissey could definitely be somebody who uh, takes more of a leadership role. Adam Lowry, I've heard bandied about. Uh, I'd be interested in seeing how Pionk reacts to this because Neil, for me, uh, you know, whatever he does on the ice is kind of one thing. But if there is something that I've never doubted about him, it's his accountability, his honesty, uh, and his earnestness in trying to work really hard. Now, again, it doesn't always contribute to successful stuff on the ice. I'll be the first to admit that. But in terms of like personality archetypes and who I see as leaders in the game and on this team, Neil for me is a very natural person that I could definitely see getting some kind of a letter. I think he always works very hard. I think that he tries to be honest about his performances and, you know, whether he's successful or not, I'm still appreciative of the fact that he, he does kind of analyze things from what I'd consider be a, to be a personally, personally objective lens. So uh, Pionk, I could see definitely stepping up. Aside from that, I mean, it, it's going to be probably a, a a whole thing of of leadership by committee. I mean, I'm not really expecting one player to really rise above the rest. I just think a lot of the guys are going to have to come together and form a core leadership group that's always communicating, always talking, and making sure kind of everyone's on the same page, right? I think that that is something that in previous years we didn't always have. So uh, <laughs> exciting times in Jets land, a little bit of unease. And of course, uh, we now have no captain, so it's going to be an interesting start to the year. I've, I've heard people say in the past, you know, this hasn't always worked out for squads. To some degree, if you have to remove a captaincy, there are much bigger issues under the surface than just stripping the sea. So I don't think that that move really means anything so much as um, just kind of exposing to the public how bad a locker room situation may or may not be. Uh, not always that this was done for those reasons, but I think with the Jets in particular, absolutely. So let's hope it, it starts the healing process and starts at least a wave of changes. It can't be the only thing that Winnipeg goes into the season uh, messing about with. They're going to have to really change roles and reevaluate how they build their lineup. So <laughs> a lot of excitement coming up, but of course, you might also be wondering how our, our future kids and future Jets handle the Penticton tournament through a couple of games. I have some early thoughts, uh, not a ton, and you'll hear about which players I think really stood out and um, maybe some things that wasn't really as exciting coming up in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Jets. Thank you for joining us this evening. We are wrapping up tonight's episode with some quick thoughts on 
um, some of the prospects and stuff from Penticton. Now, don't even, you know, think too deeply onto this tournament. I, I really don't think you should read a lot into what we've seen so far. We've had like two games of uh, makeshift lineups for a bunch of rookies and some, you know, minor league veterans who are playing together for the first time and they're just going up against some other similarly comprised squads, right? So don't read into things too much. But, but, but get excited about Brad Lambert. If there was one takeaway that I've had this tournament from the bit that I've been able to watch, it's that Brad Lambert kicks butt. There's no two ways about it. This kid is dynamite. And what I thought was interesting was he's often been described as a player that kind of works outside and is a very perimeter creator. But Lambert showed that he really has no problem driving towards the net, driving down the center of the slot and kind of moving from an, like an out wide position uh, diagonally towards, you know, the, the space between the faceoff circles right in front of the goalie. He's not afraid to crash to the net. He has cashed in some points off of these opportunities. And to me, I just see an elite offensive creator who has this ability to be an absolute you know, menace when he's in possession, which is kind of what he was drafted to be. I mean, a couple of years ago, he was at one point thought to be uh, one of the top picks um, in this previous draft, maybe even first or second overall. And then the, the shine kind of wore off. He had that really bad spell in, in Finland and things started to tail off for his, his development trajectory where people were wondering, is he even going to make the league? Uh, in in any capacity above like a third liner. Well, if the past couple of games are anything to go by, I think the future for Brad is going to be bright. This kid has a chip on his shoulder. He is extremely skilled. Um, His his ability with the puck when he's skating almost effortlessly by defenders is just breathtaking. I mean, everything that you wanted out of him, uh, I think he showed in really good flashes here. Now, I I still think he's going to have plenty of time to develop his skills, work on some of his defensive efforts, and kind of get better at decision-making off the puck. I think that that is something that long-term he's going to have to work on. But from the early goings in Penticton, I kind of wonder if, for the Moose, they're taking a longer look at him to see if he can actually fit in Manitoba rather than Junior. I think for me, I don't really expect him to make the Moose immediately. I think that there are enough holes in this game to where a season in junior wouldn't be the worst. Um, But if he really smokes his competition, if he really shows that he is ready to take that pro step and that's where he'd honestly get the best and and most impactful reps, then I'm all for it. I would be happy to see him join the Moose immediately. I think Manitoba would really benefit from it. And, uh, you know, the sooner that he's getting pro reps and developing at that level, I think the better for his, you know, long-term development Um, He's already been playing pro hockey, you know, overseas. So it's not like he's a newbie to this. But, uh, of course, some of those decision-making skills, um, the situational awareness, the -the off-the-puck pressure, all that stuff is part of a package of things he can work on. But, you know, he's showing some really early returns that I think are very promising. Aside from that, um, there wasn't much else to report, to be honest. I thought Cole Perfetti, of course, just looked brilliant as usual. I don't even think that there's much to say. I mean, he made passes. No one else can. He was constantly creating, uh, set up some nice opportunities for scoring. He had a point or two. Uh, But beyond that, I mean, the rest of the team, it it wasn't super exciting, I would say. I think the the Jets rookies maybe struggled to create some offensive opportunities. 
Uh, the game against Vancouver, it sounds like they were a little bit unlucky. They hit some posts and stuff, had a couple of soft goals conceded on some sloppy turnovers or whatever. But aside from that, I mean, the, the first game that I was able to watch, I mean, I, I, I thought it was pretty all right. You know, the Jets kids had some issues, you know, zone exits with like the, the back end, I thought uh, a little bit sloppy, some some bad turnovers and stuff. But you just sort of expect that with a bunch of rookies who are playing together for the first time. Lundmark, I think, looked the most composed on the back end, just trying to make clean exit passes and stuff. But again, not really something that uh, I would read too much into. Uh, Lundmark, of course, I think will be, again, another staple for the Moose going forward. He had a solid season from what I understand last year. Uh, so, you know, he's going to be looking to build on that and continue to try and carve a way up into the NHL. But as for the rest of the kids, this is just sort of a way to kind of break the skates in, have some fun, and hopefully score some points and open some eyes. But yeah, it, it seems like for the most part, um, it was a quieter start for this tournament. And I was a little bit surprised because there's a lot of skill and talent here. But one thing that Morrison has been doing that I don't always enjoy is a lot of point shots. And I feel like um, that's that's something that we saw with the Jets in previous years. Uh, Maurice definitely loved himself a point shot, which I, I find a little bit inefficient. So I'd be more interested to see how the kids are creating down low. Uh, I will say that Henry Nikonen looked like a nice defensively responsible two-way center. Got a big frame, very tall, uh, very strong on the puck. And so hopefully he can, can continue to show that he's got good forechecking value, that he's got good positional awareness, and that he can you know start to carve out a, a fuller-time pro role here with the Moose. Uh, Nikonen, for me, has among our, our, our prospects probably like one of the lower ceilings, but um, as long as he's able to hit it uh, as like maybe like a third-line or fourth-line player, pretty solid value, right? Uh, Zilkin, of course, was very industrious, very hardworking, but they didn't give him a lot of, of time to work with, and he doesn't exactly have line mates that he'll be seeing um, at, at the pro levels. I mean, you're, you're looking more for a little bit more skill for him to kind of contribute and work alongside, but yeah, other than that, I mean, it was just sort of an okay start. I mean, it's just good to have hockey back, I think, and most people were probably focused on the whole Wheeler thing, but if there is one thing that I think you want to take away from Penticton, it's that Brad Lambert is the truth. And if you didn't know it now, or if you didn't know before, you definitely know his name now. And uh, he's got a real chip on his shoulder. I'm excited to see what he can do. And I hope that y'all are as hyped as I am about him because, folks, it is almost Brad Lambert season. But uh, let me know what you think about him in the comments. Let me know what players have stood out to you during the tournament. Maybe Bon Giovanni. Uh, or some of the other kids, um, maybe even some of the veterans who might be fighting for like tweener roles. Let me know in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Lockdown NHL. Our experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You can subscribe and follow on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, as always, it's totally free, so go do that right now. And as always, thanks again for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go.